Mother, mother, man. Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666-mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal All right, uh, Chris, I thought it'd be kind of cool. We talked about doing a standalone uh, kind of a bonus. Right, just for the Gaither. Yeah, because we did the interview with Jeff. It's like 25 minutes long. It's, yeah, we did that one short part. Yeah. People might lose what they heard before, so right. might as well, we're just going to do the side episode as a yeah. whole interview. Yeah, we'll do it justice. We'll play the entire interview I did with Jeff. Uh, so we'll let it roll and uh, yeah. check it out. A little bonus episode. So You guys enjoy it. All right, I have the privilege to be talking with a legend in the industry and one of the most original artists out there, all the way from Louisville, Kentucky, the notorious Jeff Gaither. Jeff, what's going on, man? Oh, just uh, same old stuff, drawing and uh, enjoying life. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool to be uh, doing this interview with you and working with you because, of course... I was thinking about this today of how long, you know, when we first started working together, and it's been 17 years, dude. Oh, my God. feel old, right? But when I thought about it, you and I first started working together when I was dealing with the cancer stuff, because I remember you started doing the low times, and it was right around then, because I remember distinctly, you may not remember this, but I do, right when I first started working with you, you had sent me an email about something about being sick and then you, that you were sick. And then like you sent me an email five minutes later and you said something like, dude, I feel like a total pussy. You're doing chemo and I'm complaining <laughs> about being sick. And it always stuck with me is just funny. Cause I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, so I've been always conscious of that if i'm ever talking to somebody that's you know dealing with something it's like no nah, i probably shouldn't say that so that always <laughs> stuck with me i thought that was just very funny when you said that to me yeah i, I deal with uh, like anxiety stuff all the time i dealt yeah. with it then and i still deal with it oh, but i wow. think i recall that actually do you really that's funny yeah that's funny i guess yeah man that's <laughs> summer of 2001 so 17 Damn. years man but this shit flies by. Uh, it does. It does. It's I read. Scary. I, it is very scary. I read your bio and was interested to see that your aunt is the one that kind of got you in the dark and macabre stuff. And I thought maybe that might be cool to elaborate uh, what it is that you started to get into back then. Well, basically, she she read a lot of books and stuff, and uh, she would always bring me like uh, magazines and different things like that. Main main one was uh, monsters, famous monsters. Okay. And plus, she went to yeah, you know, she went to uh, a lot of uh, theaters and seen stuff like Dracula and different shit like that. And uh, she watched a lot of movies. And she and at the time, I was like twelve years old. 
she took me to see all these movies and stuff. And basically, that's how I got into the horror as- aspect of it. Now, the other part of it, I just sort of grew into it, you know, the uh, <laughs> serial killer type stuff. Right, right. Yeah, that's cool because I had an uncle that was kind of the same way. I remember him making me tapes of old, like, Vincent Price reading Edgar Allan Poe stories. And I was just, like, completely blown away. And, it, yeah, it just kind of hits you. It's odd because, you know, people that aren't into this stuff don't get it. But no. people that are do. And there's usually somebody, in your case, your aunt, in my case, my uncle, that really got us into this kind of thing. So I always, I'm always interested to hear what got people interested in that. So that's cool. And what's weird is she was murdered, too. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah, oh by my, my gosh. stepdad, believe it or not. Yeah, Whoa. killed with a shovel. Holy shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. How long ago was yeah. that? Oh, man. She was like 27. It had been, oh, man, I don't know, a long, long time ago. Wow. It was like when I was 13 or 14, something like that. Jeez. Well, so I'm a long sure time ago, yeah. that effect on you, too, I mean being right in the middle of that sort of thing in the family. Yep. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people don't know it. Yeah. I've posted stuff about it, but you know how things are on the Internet. It's, it's here today, gone tomorrow. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I also read that you were self-taught, which I think is really cool, and I wondered how rare is that for artists of your caliber with a lot of – you know, you've done obviously a, a, an incredible amount of work, but I mean, is that not very common or a lot of them go to school for it or what? I, I would imagine there's a lot more professional artists out there. And for like self-taught artists, they're probably the ones that are into underground type artwork. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But for me personally, it was just a, a matter of me doing things at school that – I shouldn't have been doing, uh, you know, instead of, <laughs> right, you know. Right. Uh, I don't know if I can say it, but I'm like, you know, well, doing drugs class. And and I said it anyways. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and if it wasn't for art, I mean, it sounds weird, but if it wasn't for art, I know telling what I'd be doing, I'd probably be living under a bridge or something because art basically saved, saved me. I mean, I did art and I, did, I basically drew all the time. Right. I mean, from when I was a little kid, and I even drew when I was doing the drugs and stuff because I would trade artwork for drugs. But basically, oh, I got wow. to where it was really, really, really bad. And so I decided to quit. And I quit smoking cigarettes, quit smoking pot, quit doing drugs, quit drinking alcohol, and sit down. And all I did was draw and paint. That's it. Wow. So all I did, uh, you know, all the friends at the time were, you know, potheads and stuff. So I cut them all off. Right. And basically, you know, you get self-taught when you do that. You oh, sit down sure. and do nothing but draw all the fucking time. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible because, I mean, I looked at a lot of your stuff here the last few days. That I was getting ready for this. And, man, you really uh, incredibly talented i've always thought so but i mean it's been a while since i've looked at some of it and uh, just just amazing stuff and i wondered thank if thank you're welcome i wondered if you had any tips uh for like up and coming artists that might be trying to 
you know, figure out how do I make any money doing this? Or is there any way to, you know, maybe give them some insight or maybe a, something that might save them some grief in the process? Well, one thing I would say is draw all, all the time and draw stuff that's uh, out of their norm. You know, draw shoes, draw anything, draw people. And especially if you're going to draw draw stuff that you think you might have a hard time drawing because eventually you're going to need to draw that stuff if you want to make money. Right. But um, yeah. like, uh, I'm trying to think here. What was your question again? Well, just if you had any tips for them, like, and how to try to make money doing it, because it's one thing to draw, oh. but then how do you, you know, monetize it? Yeah, the money it? thing. <laughs> uh, it, it's a little bit different for me because I, I did it at a, at a different time. There was no internet for me. Right. So what I did was, and I don't think that they could do it this way now. I mean, it, it might be might be able to do it this way, but I don't know. And uh, but basically the way I did it was I sent out art and it was photocopied artwork and I would send it out to magazines or fanzines really and fanzines would have reviews of fanzines in the back so there would be more fanzines you could send stuff to right. and I would tell them if they would give me one fanzine they could use the three or four different drawings I sent them and then I'd get me you know, maybe five or six fanzines back and i turn around and do it again and i did that for about a year and i ended up having tons of fanzines then it turned around to where i would send out artwork and an ad and ask for uh they send me a fanzine and run my ad and i did it that way for a long time and then eventually it started getting to where people started writing me and me sending out uh, you know copies and stuff got less and less and people writing me or calling me got more and more and eventually it just got to where you know i didn't have to do the free stuff anymore i started wow. actually making money and then it was like you know i started out with a low amount and eventually i just built it up built it up and started adding to it every year that is really cool i never i mean, never even would have thought of something like that but i mean being on the musician side, I mean, it's somewhat similar, you know, of sending tapes out back in the day and, you know, hoping the hell like something would hit, you know, you never know. So that's, uh, that's interesting to do it with artwork. I would have never thought of that. Um, what are some of the, I know you've worked with some bigger, uh, you know, artists, bands and that sort of thing, but I was wondering if you had any funny stories of any of the bigger ones that you had either a really good experience or maybe a negative one, uh, just anything kind of odd that might be something that would, uh, would the, be interesting. The good one would be Roth. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, Ed Big Daddy Roth, he used to uh, – well, I worked with him for about uh, five years in the 80s. Right. And uh, just in case they don't know who Roth is, that's the guy that created uh, Ratfink. But he would always send me stuff. Well, at first, he he uh, called me Gator all the time. And when he paid me, he would actually write the checks to Gator. Oh, shit. So it made it, yeah, yeah, it made it a little weird to get right. to Go to the uh, bank. Right. And uh, he would send me stuff for my son, like masks and different things, and say, you know, this is grow hair on his chest and just crazy stuff. And one time, a big old pack of Domino stuff for, like, you know, pizza. And so for, like, Two weeks, that's all we did was eat pizza. And this, this, the delivery guy was, like, freaking out because he was coming to my house every day. Because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have much then. Right, right. So that's we had right. to eat pizza every day. But oh, uh, the, the negative one, well, it's not really negative. It is, but it has a good it has a good ending. This one band I worked with, I don't remember their name, but 
they were uh, they were teenagers, and there was five of them, and they wanted a logo drawn. And I, of course, I did a rough for them, and they were like, "We don't really really like it." Well, later I found out they had a a, a police woman, which was one of their mothers, was their manager, but <laughs> nevertheless, oh, uh, I guess she had a part of this too. But they didn't like the first logo, so I did another rough. They didn't like that. I did another rough. They didn't like that. It got up to about seven or eight, and they still don't like it. When it got up to like 20, <laughs> 20 roughs, I'm like, Jeez. I'm going to do this rough until I die to make the people like the fucking rough. So right. I got it up to about, I think it was like 38 roughs. Oh this is the worst time I've ever had. Right? But at 38, they all fucking liked it and about i don't know two or three weeks later after i finished the rough you know with the color and everything they sent me a picture with all of them looking standing side by side they got that rough or the finished logo all tattooed on them oh wow so you know it was like it that's was badass like I, I was gonna make sure that these people got what they wanted and in return they actually got it tattooed on them so it was like a reward to me that's really cool. I'm sure you've had people get your artwork tattooed on them. That's got to be a cool feeling. Yeah, it's, you know, that's pretty weird. I mean, you know, i gotten used to that. But I haven't gotten used to the fact that there's people like, you know, i got a lot of people overseas. And I don't, I don't know why they do it overseas and not here. But overseas, they get a lot, my tattoos a lot. And they have my copyright put on it with it. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's they send cool. me pictures and point out, look, here's your name with your copyright. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah, over here they wouldn't do that. <laughs> Strange. That is funny. Now, I've been to your house, uh, and I lived through spending the night there with my band many years ago when we played in Louisville. And I know you've got a very impressive uh, serial killer collection, and I wondered if you might want to share... Oh, a few of maybe the more interesting things you got that uh, you you can think of off the top of your head. Well, I've got a full-size electric chair. I've got nails from my Spawn Ranch. You know, that's with uh, oh, yeah, Manson. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, and i got his autograph. Uh, let's see. Um, the Night Stalker. I wrote him for about oh, two years. I've got a drawing of uh, a Daffy Duck that he did for me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I got uh, about seven years worth of writing letters that I did with uh, John Gacy, oh, John shit. Wayne Gacy. And, yeah, and what's, what's weird about that is I never thought about asking him for a painting until he died. Oh, shit. And I thought, Son of a bitch, I could have got a free painting, damn. Probably, but yeah. I, yeah. I didn't write them that way, you know what I mean? Right, right. I didn't write thinking what I could get out of them. I just wrote them for the fun of it. But uh, let's see, I've got a part of Ed Gein's tombstone. Oh, a wow. small section, let's say. Right. And um, I can't tell you how I ended up getting <laughs> Someone yeah. might get in trouble. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> do you remember one I got and, for uh, you? Do you remember one I got for you? Say what? Do you remember the one what? I got for you? I got you. No. A, I got you a vial, like in a film canister of the dirt outside of where Gacy's house was. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have that. I yeah. forgot who gave me that. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, sending I got a, it to you because I was marked. up there working or something. I was like, shit, I bet I know who would like this, you know. That's funny. Yeah, I've got a bunch of files with dirt and rocks and shit from different, <laughs> you know, 
places like that. And I, I can't remember half of who gave them to me. Sometimes I trade. Sometimes people give them to me. I, I just forget. Right, right. No, I get that. I just, I just remembered it as I was working on this and getting ready. Um, speaking of the serial killer thing, um, I mentioned uh, that we're doing a podcast on the Zodiac. And I wondered, you know, like he always really creeped me out with the whole get up and that symbol and just very well, I think mysterious he had good fa- fashion sense. Good fashion sense. Yeah, yeah I guess. you know. Yeah, he was definitely. I've never heard of a serial killer having like an outfit. You know, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. And then the ciphers he sent in, and and of course that they never caught him, so that makes it you know kind of wacky. But I didn't know if you had any. What you thought of Zodiac, if you've done any, you know, much reading or anything on him. I just read the one book on him. That's it. I've, I've heard about what you was telling me, you know, the, later about uh, his son has wrote a book. Right, right. Yeah, I've got to get that. Yeah, it's called The uh, Most Dangerous Animal. The Most Dangerous Animal is what it's called. I've got to get that. Which is one of his ciphers, one of the Zodiac's early ciphers uh, references that the man is the most dangerous animal. So that's where that title comes from. But yeah, it's, it's an amazing book, Jeff. You would definitely dig it. It's got a lot of really cool stuff in it. Um, I think, uh, I thought, I think if he was today doing that stuff, I don't think he would get away with it too, too easy. Cause you would imagine back then, nobody was carrying guns. Think of all the people that are carrying guns today. You think he would get away? It would depend where he was, I guess, too, you know. No, but what I was okay. saying is all the people with guns, that, you know, well, I'm in Kentucky, so everybody carries guns. So, you know, I don't think he'd get away with it like he did then. No, I, I think you're right. Um, also, you know, this DNA stuff is just unbelievable what they can do, and they're catching these guys like that, uh, the one out there in California that they just brought in, the oh, yeah. Golden State Killer with the DNA going up you know, uploading it to that website. I mean, yeah, I think they're going to crack a lot of old, He's old cases. Guy. Yeah, he is. He is. So it should be interesting <laughs> to see what happens with all that. But uh, I know you had already mentioned uh, working with uh, Big Daddy Roth in the 80s. Um, that had to be a really cool experience for you, and you hadn't been doing it that long at that point, right? Not really. It was uh, – I moved from, like, fanzines to doing – like um, book covers and album covers for a short time. And then uh, basically I was doing a lot of stuff with uh, R.K. Sloan. And uh, I, I thought, actually I thought he had died. And I seen some stuff that uh, in pictures that Rick sent me. And I'm like, damn, is he still alive? And Rick's like, oh, yeah, I work with him and stuff. And so I thought, I wonder if I could get a job through him. And so I sent him some photocopies of my artwork, and I didn't hear nothing back for a little while. And he gave me a call and said, uh, I've seen your stuff, and uh, I really like it. Would you like to work work with me? And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I was like, hell, yeah, I would like to work with you. And he said, the deal is you do the drawings. Now he'll do a little, little like an inch to inch and a half drawing, rough. Then I would actually blow it up or redraw it large size and then do the drawing and ink it in and everything. But the big part of the deal was he got to keep it. So oh. I have no Roth art at all. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, and he put his name on it, and I, I didn't draw flies either or the logo. Huh. He would have put flies and the logo on it, wow. and uh, there'd be times sometimes somebody else would do the car. And uh, toward the end of it, I started being able to put my name on it, and it was like you know Jeff Gaither. Then it was copyright Ed Roth. Huh. But, um, Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, anything new you got going on, Jeff, that you want to share with us? Anything you're working on right now that's that's cool, other than the Murder Metal <laughs> Mayhem logo? <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I put a, a special on uh, Facebook, which I'm not running anymore, and I didn't think it was going to do anything, and pff, I got like 15 jobs now. Oh, wow. Doing stuff for like, yeah, that's ridiculous. That's the one with the and flyers? And a lot of them wasn't even dealing, huh? Is that the one you did with the flyers for the bands? Or show yeah. flyer? Is that the one? Yep, 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 that's it. And uh, I'd say about half of them, not even half, maybe a fourth of them are the gig posters. The rest of them are stuff that they seen the ad, but because they were not gig posters, I was able to give them my normal price. And uh, it's like some of the stuff is, uh, I'm trying to remember, like a hearse club. Then I've got a funeral antiques shop that wants something. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, cool. uh, the pump's not dead from overseas, which <laughs> I didn't even know what pump was when he call, you know, called me up. Right. Um, it's like stuff you put in your hair, you know? Oh. And, uh, yeah, and I'm doing a um, big poster-like thing for him, and I don't know. I've just got tons of stuff here. But a lot of them I've just got – the way I work, work too, is I, when the person pays their 50% down, I put them on a work list, and whoever's at the top, that's who I work on, and then I'll go to the next one, and then the next one. Right. You know, so I basically when they pay, I write a little note about them, and I put the phone number down. So when I get to them, I just call them up because I don't, I can't remember all the shit. Right. And uh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's cool. You're getting organized <laughs> yep. in your old age, man. <laughs> and then, uh, and I don't have to deal with a lot of the paperwork and stuff because Stacy, my wife, does that. She does it like you know. Uh, she handles some phone calls. She handles all the bills. Yeah, that's awesome. She's super cool, too, so it's good to work with her. Thank you. Oh, yeah, she's best. Yeah, definitely. And I see we're both going to be at the uh, Dark History and Horror Convention uh, in Savoy, Illinois, and that one's on November 9th and 10th, and we'll be there doing the podcast i'll be there uh with some books and of course you're going to have a table set up with all your wares so that's going to be really cool man yeah we've been there since day one yeah brian's a good guy and we're going to have him oh, yeah. in here doing an interview with us to promote it so we're going to be we're going to be pushing it hard hopefully people here in central illinois uh that are listening and uh, anybody even outside that wants to travel in it's a great one two days so it should be a really good time uh i haven't looked here lately as to who all's going to be there so as we as we get closer we're going to you know push things harder and get more detail out but uh is there anything jeff you want to add i know that you've got a great website jeffgather.com that people can go to purchase posters and shirts and all kinds of really kick-ass stuff but anything else you want to say before we uh, part ways 
Well, just two things. The uh, website, basically, I've done all along myself for all these years. I finally got somebody that knows what they're doing, and they're working on a new website for me. That's and the cool. other thing is, yeah, that's cool, I and mean, it looks looking great. If people like my website now; they're really going to like it. But uh, the other thing too is, is I just want to thank people that always write and say that, my, you know, how much they enjoy my art, and basically that's it. You know that. That I get a lot of people that say that, you know, I've inspired them to do stuff, and I really appreciate that. That's cool, man. Yeah, because I'm sure you've inspired a ton of people as much work as you've done. I mean, working with, you know, the Misfits. I mean, you've done quite a bit of stuff with a lot of different bands, some big names, some small names. And I know you've done a lot of work for my former band, Low 12, and, and all the stuff I did in Heavycore, and you've just been a stand-up dude. And uh, I hope to see you creating long into the future. So thank, thank you. Thank you, Jeff, for doing this. We really appreciate it. And uh, have it's a fun. awesome Father's Day uh, weekend. Well, thank you. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon, bud. Okay. All right. Later. Later on. Mother. Mother. Man.